It's December 5th, 2017, and this is Insight Out, The Naked Truth, coming to you live from the Santa Cruz Mountains of Northern California, from Lupin Lodge, where clothing is optional. But the truth is always naked. I'm Errol Strider. And I am Rochelle Alicia Strider. And we welcome you once again to our home at Lupin Lodge. We invited you over tonight for some conversation about the human condition with all its eccentricities and what to make of it, sprinkled with laughter, good music, and the many voices of Errol Strider. Oh, good evening there. This is one of the... Uh Things I'm most interested to hear you talk about tonight. I won't say what it is. You don't want to say it, Father. I'd like to know what it is because I'm not uh, able to do this here tonight. Can you all just be a little bit patient? I'm sure they'll get to it soon enough. Thanks, guys. Let's please be patient. Hang in there, and because we're going to deliver tonight. It's this is an exciting night and an exciting <laughs> opportunity. And what's really exciting is that we're sponsored, which allows us to be here by none other than Go Raw, raw, natural, healthy food. Don't you love it? Oh, I love it because it tastes good. And not only does it taste good, but it's good for you. And you can find it in so many different places like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, and the organic section of Costco, to name a few. And there's a special post up in the northern Nebraska along a fence. (laughs) And if you dig in that... Post, Don't listen to him. There are numerous packages <laughs> He's of Go Raw. Cuckoo. <laughs> but just, if you go to GoRaw.com, you'll find out exactly where you can find it in your neighborhood. Exactly is a very exact term. <laughs> so in an effort to be more precise in our conversation tonight, we have picked exactly to be our featured phrase of the week. Word, actually, but... We think of it as a phrase, because when we use it tonight, it's going to be phraseology, you know, in spades. In spades. Yeah. All I right. like hearts better. So just to give you a sense, <laughs> you like hearts? Mm, I don't know. Exactly. These are some synonyms. Precisely, entirely, absolutely, completely, uh, totally, just, quite, in every way, in every respect, 100%, every inch. Whoa! Now, man, not much wiggle room in that, is it? No, Michelle? not little. <laughs> if you've listened to our program or read our numerous blogs, plays, poems, etc., you know that Rochelle and I like to wiggle. So when there's no wiggle room, <laughs> it makes us nervous. But tonight, we hope to represent as exactly as we can the thoughts and impressions we have that lead to the conclusions and assumptions we count on to guide us through a very exacting human predicament. Exactly. (laughs) Now, this is interesting. Even though exact is the beginning of the word exacting, Lee. No, just exacting. Okay. Leave until later. <laughs> they lead. They lead very different, or they they have very different orientations. Exacting, demanding, stringent, testing, challenging, onerous, arduous, taxing, grueling, punishment, tough. Oh man, I, I feel constrained. Just saying those things. So, to be exact, it seems to require that we become exacting, which is tough, taxing, and arduous. It's much easier to wiggle, joggle, or wobble. (laughs) Except in mathematics. Even though we may be exacting, we may never actually become exact. Tonight, we're going to do as we always do and uh, see if we can uh, have our activities reveal to us the exact nature of the universe. God luck. God luck to you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Now, I can't, though, speak for the characters we feature in our 
on our programs each week. Not only are they prone to wiggle, they have been known to twist, jiggle, wobble, and even shake, especially when it comes to making meaning out of the madness we live in that belies exactness. Hmm, exactly. But tonight, we're going to attempt to exact insights and surprises from the dialogue and to bring wisdom, hopefully, to every inch of the human experience. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be busy. We better get going. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I love exactly. It's just right. It's approval. Right on. That's just what I want it to be. So give me exactly. Exactly like you do. And I'll feel so very fulfilled, exactly the way I want to be. <laughs> wow. I, I want to say exactly, but I, what, what does that mean in English or any language, actually? Or radio mime would even work. <laughs> radio mime is usually very quiet. Very quiet, but it's very active. <laughs> Being a mime, I, I just want to say about a mime. Because I I was a mime, and I decided to become a mime because, as I've said before, it has the words me, me in it. So my ego just loved that. Carol's ego's on Mm. display now. Me, me. (laughs) So, but I was fascinated to become a mime, and I didn't really ever take a mime class. I took dance classes, but I was always working on seeing if I could get exact movement that looked exactly like whatever I was doing, climbing a rope, uh, walking with a cane, uh, looking from behind a wall, all the typical things a mime does, Mm -hmm. taking a a salt shaker. I literally would go, I would be at like a, uh, when I was in college studying theater, I would be at a counter at a restaurant and I'd pick up the salt shaker and I'd pour the salt and put it back down and, and then pretend to pick up the salt shaker and pour it back down and, and so I could develop an exact, or exact as I could get, which made it really exacting, uh, exactly. <laughs> physical replica of certain uh, normal motion activities that take place. Oh, my. Right. Well, this is Father O'Malley again there, Errol. You know, I know that you have that... Uh, that tendency in yourself to want to be exact, and and, and I know you, I know you mean it, but I'm glad we included the exacting because, quite frankly, my dear, I, we do love you, but you can be very exacting, and <laughs> and so it it leaves it us to become more adaptive and to become what you say the wibble wobblers, and to account for your exactingness. But sometimes you know you can just back off the exactingness and become, well, a wibble wobbler just like us. <laughs> Exactly. A wibble wobbler. Exactly. You heard it here. Oh, Father, where did you come up with that one? You heard it here. (laughs) A wibble wobbler. Well, I think the affirmation of exactly is what I like so much. You know, you say something and someone says exactly. You feel that there's a rapport going on. There's you're on the same page. You agree with each other in such a way that that makes it fun to be together. Exactly. See. But this is a song that's about exactly. Okay. And and it's exactly that song. (laughs) Here we go. Somewhere between a nightmare. You know... That was not exactly the song I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was another song. I had a nightmare last night. That was so weird. Oh, I mean, okay. I'm not going to go through it, but it's strange to have a nightmare. It has something that's so disturbing. And you want to, it's like you, you don't like the ending. I mean, it doesn't end. It's sort of you cut off in the middle because it's so disturbing. You wake up and then you realize, as I did, I realized that I wanted it to end good. I wanted it to have a good ending. I wanted to go back to sleep and, and redo the, and pick up exactly where I left off and change it. 
<laughs> I love that. And were you able to do that? Well, to a point. You know, what happened is I, I started along that right path, and then I woke up again. Wouldn't that be something <laughs> if you could offer a service like we could train you to make your dreams come out really good? Ah, it would be nice. And, and, I don't and, think and it's possible, but and okay. To have your nightmares, um, you know, turn into be short and sweet, pleasant, pleasant dreams. I don't usually remember, even remember my dreams, and this dream caught me. Wow, it just blew me away. I guess I'm nervous about a lot of things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She was saying, saying, singing that song, and I realized that you know that's exactly right. I mean, you're always exactly where you need to be; otherwise, you'd be somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, it may not feel good sometimes, but maybe that's what you need—not to feel good, so that you can make adjustments or understand what it means to not feel good, or who knows? Like, what do you learn from a particular moment in time? Because you're there, so you might as well learn something from it. Might as well. Might as well. We're on a beach right now, and the waves are coming in and making beautiful sounds. I love the sound of waves. It is curious, though, that we do strive for 
perfection and exactness, don't we? We do, but we don't know what it is. We have no idea what perfection is because, I mean, just the way we are is perfect in the moment that we're in it. And yet, we never think we're okay in that moment. We always want to be someplace else. So obviously, the someplace else may be the thing that's perfect, but it, it seems like it's not real because where we are is real. I mean, there's a reality to where we are. Hold on a second. Keep talking about the reality of where we are. There's something I'm going to try and fix. Hold on out there, partners. We'll be right back. Errol doesn't like the seashore that we're, that we're experiencing on the... On the uh, Technical. We're having technical difficulties, but I'm not a technical difficulty person. I'm okay just the way I am. <laughs> Can you hear? I solved the problem. It's not happening. You all feel better out there? Wasn't that driving you nuts? No. Man, I liked driving. it. It was like being at the seashore. There was something nice about it. Okay. You know? <laughs> Get it back. Exactly. My sentiments. Exactly. <laughs> Hello. This is Barney. That was my uh, girlfriend, uh, Gloria. Oh, yeah, that's my sentiments, too, dear, and I'm so happy to be on this show here, which, which uh, my good friend Barney's always telling me about the show here. Oh, golly. I can't believe this. Okay, go right ahead, Gloria. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm not, I don't think of myself as an exacting or even an exactly a person. I'm like the song you just played, where she was exactly where she was. So I'm not always exactly where I am. I'm so, sort of approaching and getting exactly where I am, but I think it's going to be down and over there. But that's why I wanted her. You see what I'm saying about her? She's like uh, open to learn. But, but this is where she's confused because I think, and that's why I want to bring it to you, I think that she is uh, mixing up uh, what's going on in her head with what's actually going on. What yeah, do you think, Rochelle? A lot of people do that. It's very easy. See, you, Errol, you are the one who came up with this wonderful metaphor. The mind is like uh, a scout on a wagon train the scout can go off and on one horse you know and see what the vista is way far away the wagon train is has got so much stuff you know it's got all the people and the food and the cattle and everything and it moves much slower and it takes longer to get there the metaphor was not nearly that long when i came up for it but rochelle has a certain eloquence to it exactly I mean, my mind can go places. I, you know, people say they're bored sometimes, and I, I, I find I've never been bored in my life because I have an active imagination, and I, if I sit still, I can go places that I could never go with my physical body and have such a wonderful time. <laughs> One of the things I notice about my life is that I don't want to go anywhere, really. I just, uh, I'm happy to sit here and keep working on my tent, my office, which was slammed by the water, and then I had to take everything out again, and I have a lot of things in the tent. I was trying to describe those in a blog that I'm in the middle of writing, but just to give you a sample. It would be a very long blog, because yeah. there's a lot of things that he yeah. really doesn't need. But then well, again, we well, think we need what we have. to say? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so <laughs> what happens is, uh, oh, these are the different um, ingredients that is going in to make my tent work. I've got bungee cords. I've got two or three different kinds of tape. I've got magnets. I've got several different kinds of glue. I've got sticks. I've got the curtains, the curtain liners, uh, several of those, because they go around the tent. I'm telling shower you. Shower curtain liners shower he's talking about. There are so many things in that tent. Uh, this is these things are all there to make it one waterproof and to stand up straight and uh, so it doesn't fall down. Harold, you're making up a lot of activity for yourself at this point in your life. This is Rabbi Greenberg. You're not a young man. You're moving around. What do you think? You're like going to move around like that? It's just not uh, that. Well, I like to move around. I can still move around. I understand it's good to move around, and that's why I'm recommending that's exactly what I want to say to you, how good it is to run around and keep running around. Exactly. See, we are in agreement. <laughs> running around and running around is like being on a carousel. That's fun. Yes, Except, it is. Except, but you can run straight sometimes, and you can run over there. Cherish movement. Let me just, um, I want to give a plug for movement itself. 
take the time to just move your body like sinewy just move just move it I don't move it near enough but as a dancer I know how good it feels but I am as the housekeeper and janitor here at Lupin uh, appreciating uh, the movements I get to do hanging sheets you know making beds you know bending over cleaning toilets and the never-ending quest for how to most efficiently clean the toilet because that's the last place you want to spend your time if you're a janitor as little time at the toilet bowl as possible. Exactly. (laughs) I think there's there's no activity that one can do if you do it with um, focus and you do it with love that doesn't become um, a sort of a guide to you, uh, a helper to your consciousness that opens up your consciousness, that gives you direction, that... It, you know, it's just nothing, you know, like we, we're we the ones who come up with a, oh, that's not a wonderful thing to do, and that's a good thing to do, and that's, an, and that's a yucky thing to do, and that's a whatever thing to do. But the doing is is just keeping us in a state of, um, let's see, helpfulness, let's exactly. put it that way. Exactly. Yeah. But here's the question I you brought up, and that's about this uh, craving status. How much does... Status, you know, as I as I read, for example, I'm reading a book that takes place in Paris. I don't know, 1800s or whatever, sometime in the before back then. Anyway, and <laughs> status was, was real before we were born. Exactly. <laughs> like if you were an aristocrat, you didn't you didn't lower yourself to do certain things, and marrying into the aristocracy was a big deal. And then merchants, and they talk about how. You know, they really saw themselves as different and above everybody else. Status was everything. So it still is. Well, that's what I want to know. How much of the, all that's happening is a quest for status? And if you, first of all, if you eliminated that from the equation of of any interaction that has to do with somebody trying to get something in order to have more or less status, huh? That, huh? <laughs> Could you explain that, Professor? <laughs> well, yeah, this is Professor Schnitzer. Yeah, the status is the point at which you're standing up and you're measuring yourself, and at this point you are like big and powerful and, and you are a good image of yourself. And you, you, your status like little children. You put a light on, on the, the wall, and this is how you are when you're six years old. And it continues, and if you follow the lines, they go around the wall now, except with the status lines, they are saying, oh, this is like you're more important than that. Guy, oh, this is like you're bigger and even more important than you were before you were important before the guy before that, and you keep making your importance bigger. And you're the but you're the only one writing it on the wall, and it's only your opinion, one way or the other. But if you can get people to agree with you and your status, mm, it's exactly what your status seeking self once and mm-hmm. be so happy the interesting thing about status is it's it's very changeable you know i'm reading this book by amy tan uh right now which is the um i forget the name of it i'm so terrible <laughs> i started reading something i get so involved in it i forget what it's called but there was it's in china and uh so there was the there was the emperor's time of the Ch- emperor then there's the time of um the, the Japanese invaded China, and then the Kuomintang or whatever they were, the Shanghai Sheks group, and then the communists. So if you were um, a powerful man and during the emperor's time, and then the Japanese came in, and you played ball with them, then when the Japanese left, you were considered a, a bad person. Your status dropped very far. But if you then played ball with the communists, your status went up. So it was like a, a seesaw of status. And you re, re, if, you, if you can look at it from above and see it from the bigger picture, you realize it's an illusion. It has no reality whatsoever. Except, of course, when somebody was in power and you weren't in power, they could take your life. And that meant that your status definitely dropped. And exactly. if you have a case of dropping status, <laughs> I would like to recommend a, a product that we're developing which is this, the statusizer. And <laughs> you take three uh, suppositories of the statusizer when you have a 
uh, what do I want to call it, an attack <laughs> of seeking status, and it'll immediately cause you to have to go to the bathroom and move your bowels, which is, that's why it's a statusizer, you see, because that's why we put it up there, because it initiates profound bowel movement, and that's what keeps everyone at the same status, the fact that everybody has to move their bowels at least once a day. No matter <laughs> their status. Exactly. Exactly. I think it was, um, oh, what was his name, that wonderful comic who burned himself up at one point? Richard Pryor? Yeah, Richard Pryor said, you know, like, I, everyone puts their pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> he was just trying to equalize us. You know, I thought about that, and it's funny you should say that, because just the other day, I actually tried to put one, <laughs> two at a time. Oh, you had a, you I fell did. right on your face, I, I bet. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, there are things that do equalize us, you know, like going to the bathroom definitely is an equalization. I don't know anybody who's reached a point where they no longer have to do that, eliminate that which goes into their body. Eliminate. Eliminate. Yeah, there's a lot that we're carrying around of poo-poo in our consciousness that we would be wise to eliminate. Let's let's take a few examples of some of the poo-poo <laughs> that's still holding on to They call it tweets nowadays. Oh, okay. We can call it poo-poo, but some people call it tweets. <laughs> how, how about tweet-poos? Tweet-poos. Poo-tweets. Poo-tweets. These are assumptions that we hold about reality that have nothing to do with anything that's actually going on except what goes on in our head. It's like fake news or like fake thoughts or all these images that we conjure up. And it all boils down to wanting to feel important. You know, if you want to feel important, the biggest way to feel important for most people is to make other people not important. <laughs> then you become more important. Well, it's the quickest way. The other requires real work. See, if you can, you know, you have to work, you know, like the old joke, how do you get Carnegie Hall? Practice. You have to work to achieve real status. Uh, but by putting yourself over other people, you can do that quickly. That's why it's the choice, uh, the greater, the, the major choice of the status seekers. Mm, exactly. Right. Exactly. And I was thinking the other day, you know, like if we really knew that we were important and powerful and beautiful, we wouldn't have to prove it all the time. And it's when you don't know, you don't really know, deep down in that place where, where our true worth is, if you get in touch with that, you know you're special and wonderful. Just like the man next to you, the woman next to you, they're all special and wonderful. You're no more special or less special. But you have greater talents. Some people have lesser talents. Some people have different talents. Not greater, lesser, but different talents. doesn't make you more important or less important. Either way, I think you can say with, like she, she did in that song, with conclusiveness and authority, here I am. I am standing by the river. I will be standing here forever. Though you're on the other side, my face you still can see. Why won't you look at me?
No, that was Amy Lou Harris. Oh my goodness, Amy Lou Harris. I love Amy Lou Harris. Here I am. So here we are. We are Inside Out, The Naked Truth. Coming to you live tonight. But if you hear this in the future, you won't be quite as live. But you can enliven it because you can have an experience of it. So in a way, that'll be your ability to resurrect the dead. See, the dead was the moment that's now, that's happening now, but you're listening to it when you're having your moment. So this is dead, but you resurrect the dead. See how it works? By enlivening <laughs> it with your involvement, attention, appreciation, and participation. Exactly. Exactly, Errol. I thought that you, you you had an abundance of words here, but I rather like it because you use many multisyllabic words, and I've always been a great appreciator who people not only who can use the multisyllabic words they're using, but can actually understand them as they come out in all the large number of syllables that they tend to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, yes, okay. So you were saying, uh, Professor, well, when there's when subject matter, when the subject matter emerges in any conversation, you can be sure it will take center stage. Now, you out there, you listeners, do you mind if I talk to your listeners? No, go, go, go. You must look at what's the subject matter of your consciousness, by and large, during the course of a day. You'll be quite surprised, and we can talk about it later on if you'd like to let us know, but I think that you listeners will find, if you're like the rest of all humanity, that the mind is preoccupied with subject matter that changes and and takes on all sorts of different guises in its effort to become the favorite subject matter in your vision, in your life. I'd like to say exactly, but sometimes hey. you go everywhere, so it's not so exacting. Ex- but it, it's exactly what you're saying is exactly what you would say, but it's not exacting. If I may jump back in here for just a minute, this is Barney. You know, it, <laughs> it's 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 you know exactness. You see, you're not talking about exactness. It's like there's exact and there's exact. Lee, you know, but there's exactness, and and it, she's a woman, the exactness, and she's got fluffiness and uh, in, in her qualities, and she's got the nest. See, because she got the nest word that they stuck on that exacting, and the nest everyone knows is like a fluid, beautiful dancer moving through space and time, and reeking of uh, grace, really, grace. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I I I, I want to play this. This is a poem I wrote about Grace. Thanks, Barney. No problem, bro. It's called Grace, and it's just some impressions of Grace that I was playing with. Here we go. Grace touches me with a liquid embrace, just at the point where I vanish from my sight. My hand reaches out, grasping, questing. Is something there? Grace witnesses to presence. When I am tempted to shout, nothing, nowhere, grace calls to me and invites me to follow suit with hearts, a handful of hearts. (laughs) Grace descends full throttle like a rocket cleared for landing with a cargo of flowing goodness when the tariffs of blame are lifted. Grace, a slow curving essence just round the bend where my thoughts leave off 
and only my faith drives me through. Grace picks me up when I falter, holds me down when I try to fly apart in the screaming of my doubt. Grace, the eager surprise when I thought the party was over and it really wasn't for me. Grace, warm and lush under my feet, on a spring morning after brittle winter, the winter I create each moment I run from the springtime in my mind. Oh, the air is pregnant with grace, pulsating, caressing each pore of my body, demanding entry into my lungs, insisting on the in and out, never tired of breathing. Oh, there's grace standing above the timberline where my thoughts can no longer know and the howling winds tear my pretensions asunder. Images of grace. Hmm. Wow, that's a lot of images of grace. It's hard sometimes to listen to it because there's so many. It's so full. It's like uh, you so want to read it. Could be, uh, you want to read it, you know, so you can savor it and go over it and, right. and play with it. When I hear it, it's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to get. Yeah, it. Don't go to another one. I'm still on this one. They're pretty dense. Well, I can say this about you. You know, a lot of people think that you're kind of dense and indense. Disrespect. <laughs> they're, they're they're right. Exactly right. Uh, you're very dense, Errol. There, and, and that's why when you swim there, you just kind of drop down to the bottom of the water unless you keep moving. But that's good because it gives you exercise, and we know you like moving in the water there. But I, I just wanted to say this about your status, Errol, that you know, in view of the circumstances of the relationship between what's over at one end of the continuum of good and bad, I would say you're planted somewhere in the vacillation uh, lane that happens just to the side. So you never really know where you are because you're always vacillating back and forth. And then you seem to be doing that. And I, I, would, I would say that's exactly what needs to be done there. Oh, I don't know if I totally agree with you, Father O'Malley, but... Well, well you don't agree. That's fine. Let's have a no agreement. I love those I parties. don't know that Errol vacillates as much as he's always... Um, he's a Libra. You know, he weighs things. He looks at both sides of it all the time. He doesn't go right to the middle. He looks at this side, then he looks at that side. He weighs it. And um, it's neither good nor bad. It's just the way he is. So that you always get... It may seem like vacillation, but I think it's more taking in both sides of the same coin. Well, there's two sides uh, to every uh, phenomenon, every perception. There's the mind side and all the meaning it makes out of whatever's going on and and the conclusions it draws and the actions it chooses to take out of all that and blah, 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 and the comparing and the analyzing. And there's the mind's experience. And then there's just the, your direct experience that's coming to you through your senses primarily and, and not just your five senses, but your uh, 35 other senses that they're just finding about along with the new c- uh, comets and planets. <laughs> Well, give me an exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's exactly because it's for you. It's who you are. And how can we be anything but exactly? Well, (laughs) (laughs) that is something, you know. How, How can we be anything other than who we are? Okay, let's check that out, okay? How can you be anything other than who you are? So what else? And then who is that who you are that's, that's who you are and isn't, has and it, no trappings? But it's not stagnant either. It's a constantly in motion and changing. And so who you were there and who you are here is all you've got is who you are here. So no. it, Exactly. So it's not SS. 
SS. Yeah, stagnant status. You that's right. It's not stagnant status. It's constantly changing status. Okay. And that's where the life is. One of the most profound observations, thoughts, and experience that I have ever come upon is... Damn, I wish I could remember. <laughs> <laughs> so powerful. Exactly. So, you know, we start to get to this place. I think of, of Alzheimer's. You know, it's really a scary trip for almost all of us is that we are the our past. We are our memories. That's so much a part of who we are. And all of a sudden, they're gone. We don't remember the past. And we don't remember the past. And therefore, who are we? in this moment that we're in, you know, is that a more of a reality than remembering the past? It seems really scary to me. I, I like the, the fact that I have memory and I have the past as part of my now. Without the past, I do have the now. The now is always there, but the past that is part of that now is no longer there. Okay, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I started okay. getting in a very dark place for myself. <laughs> you were alone into the deep, dark place, the deep corners of Rochelle's mind. Sometimes I go into really dark Sometimes waters. Sometimes <laughs> you travel. Well, you had a nightmare, my dear. I did have a nightmare. Wow, that was so scary. Well, and what happened to me the first time ever that we've this has ever happened and all the nights we've slept together, I woke up uh, not exactly screaming, but yelling. That's right. You, you were yelling. Uh, and I remember I was really frightened of something, and I was yelling in the dream. And I don't remember ever doing that, and nor, nor do you, really. No, I, you used to. You someone, one of us talked in our sleep at some point. I think it was you, because it wasn't me. Because I, I don't know if I did or not. <laughs> It was me, darling. I it was, was like that lady asked me if I snored, and I looked at you and right. I said, I don't know if I snore or not. Do I snore? <laughs> That's because they were doing a survey. People danced on the streets. Uh, Sir, can I talk to you for just a second? <laughs> you and your wife actually be better. Do you snore? Uh, why do you want to know? Well, because we think there's an outbreak of, of uh, excessive snoring. And we're trying to see if we can get a petition. That's not exactly what happened, but that's okay. No, we're going to see if we can get a petition. There's just signed enough not exactly as there is exactly to reduce the the, the um, what was it I was just talking about pollution, snoring right. pollution, snoring, and it's in keeping with what's happening in this country right now financially and what the Republican Congress and people and the wealthy are doing to make their wealth even wealthier and. Clearly, at the expense of people who who really need some support and love and money, and flatly taking it away from them. I know, and and the thing is that I do not believe that every person who is a Republican in this country uh, is also rich. I mean, that would be a lot of rich people. So. It's just that people do believe in smaller government, and they believe that, you know, that the state's rights should be more important than the, the full government's rights. And sometimes I agree with that, and sometimes I don't. But the thing is that I am amazed that there aren't more people speaking out and going, hey, wait a second, I'm a middle-class person, and I vote for Republicans, and why is this federal government taking my money away from me and yes. giving it to corporations. Statistically, twenty only 25% of the Americans approve of it. 58 or 59% uh, don't approve, and the rest are on vacation, I guess, because they didn't get their poll. Yeah, so why aren't we speaking out? I mean, come on, people. You know, let's... Get to your congressmen, you know, Republican congressmen. You, they belong to you, too. They're part of our government. They're part of who votes for us. And I let them know been, we don't like it. <laughs> I think we've been comfortable for too long, and it's like, uh, it's like the old story. You throw a, a, a rat in a boiling pot, it'll jump right out. But if you put it in there and let the pot get hotter and hotter, you have something really gross. Oh, please, Errol. <laughs> You're right, exactly. It is gross. Oh, my God. Wait, Why did you even bring it up? It's a horrible image. Yucca. Yucca bucca. In honor of memories, I just want to share a little bit of this. This, this, is, a, this is a memory. Okay. 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 Here we go. 
sweet, sweet memories you gave me. You can't beat the memories you gave me. Take one fresh and tender kiss. Oh, Dino, baby. At one stolen night of bliss. You can't beat the memories you gave me. One girl, one boy. Some grief, some joy, memories are made of this. Don't forget a small moonbeam. Fold in lightly with a dream. Your lips and mine. Two sips of wine Memories are made of this That's smooth <laughs> Then at the wedding bells One house where lovers dwell Three little kids for the flavor Stir carefully through the days See how the flavor stays These are the dreams You will save With sweet, sweet His blessings from above You can't beat The memories you gave me Serve it generously can't beat The memories you gave me One man One wife one love through life, man. Sweet, sweet. Memories are made of this. You can't beat the memories you gave to me. Sweet, sweet. You can't beat the memories you gave to me. That was this. He had. He was really smooth. Smooth. Talk about smooth. <laughs> It was smooth. Exactly. So that was a triple smooth. For those of you who are looking for the new best razor, the triple smooth razor, which we're coming out with right now, I did remind me of something that I may never have told you about this, and that my first real kiss. Oh. My first, like, you know, we were, it was like seventh grade. We were. Can you have real kisses in the seventh grade? Well. That's a good point. Exactly. So let's find out. I, I, it was almost a real kiss, but it got close. But I'll tell you the story. So we're down seventh grade. We're playing some at that time. Johnny Mathis. He was. Oh like yeah, that. he was also smooth. Oh man. You know. <laughs> and I'm dancing with my then girlfriend Judy Rosenberg, and I had given her. A, I wanted to give her something to wear, uh, like a necklace or a bracelet, and I had this bracelet made out of hemp. You remember that colored kind of like plastic <laughs> stuff? So I, hemp? Not hemp. It's called. It's a little like made things about it in camp. They made lanyards out of it. Okay, it okay. Like, I don't know what right. stuff is. Not hemp like hemp. It's a plastic <laughs> hemp. It's fake hemp, like fake news. <laughs> Yeah. Now that we're going legal in California, watch out for that fake hemp. <laughs> You've got to be careful. <laughs> anyway, so we're down in the basement, uh, and we're slow dancing, and at a certain point, I, we reached into each other and started kissing. Ooh. But Gary Cohn walked by at that moment. He was the guy in the class. Uh-huh. And I remember he said to me, when you kiss, close your eyes. and you know what i said exactly (laughs) he really said that and i went oh okay (laughs) close my eyes i guess that added something to the kiss or did something with the kiss because the kiss wasn't there any longer i think think we close our eyes sometimes because you're so close to each other if you you open your eyes you get you start laughing because your face is distorted did you ever see a face in a close-up of a wide-angle camera? Yes, yes, Like a yes. selfie? You know, right. if you bring it really close to you, your face just goes, and it spreads out. And your nose, it's like when I see myself, my nose becomes like as big as my face. It's, a, it's really something to see yourself change to that. Degree. There's a camera that's, I mean, an a iPhone that's being um, publicized where you can tell the iPhone 
to a selfie. I'm <laughs> serious, but the problem and is, it will. <laughs> it, it, the problem is if it's at, if it's in your back pocket. <laughs> What's it going to get a picture of? You just do a selfie, <laughs> okay? But you know what is it? Well, of course you. You're <laughs> <laughs> so silly. You're so silly. No, no. I, I have to tell you a sweet story that of our granddaughter and Errol making funny faces and making funny sounds, and she says. What's Grandpa doing? And we said, he's being silly. And then a few minutes go by, and she turns around to him, and she says, Grandpa, be silly. <laughs> so now she knows she can call up his silliness when she wants to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, here's what's happening here right now. And... This is something we really need to pay close attention to, and that is our freedom, and we're risking a lot of it. We don't realize how much, but don't let them take away our freedom. Mm-hmm. Brown, black, and white, they stand Rolling pastures, they can wander Free and easy is their land Don't ever take away my freedom Don't ever take it away Let me treasure and keep that one part of my life And the rest we're gonna find one of these The sound of raindrops I hear falling How I love, I love to hear that sound It makes me think of all the people that I love And all the quiet moments I've found Don't ever take away my freedom I'm suggesting we are letting our freedom be taken away from us. For example, I'll give you a specific. How much freedom is lost uh, by young people graduating from uh, college or university having a $100,000 unforgivable debt facing them for the rest of your life? I would say that's a kind of a form of loss of freedom, wouldn't you, Rochelle? Well, it's certainly an enslavement. So therefore, it is loss of freedom. You know, I I think that we have we have become so um, inured to uh, how much money rules our lives that we don't realize what we've given up to have it. That's and, a, exactly. and that's the truth. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. And because now it's so clever, the, the 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 system that runs this whole thing. Then they give us this media to keep us utterly distracted, utterly distracted. How many hours a day people look at their smartphones or watch TV? That stuff that's, I don't know. It's probably just amusement, a good portion of it. <clears throat> but you know, <clears throat> people have sat around in small groups and talked about pretty much. You know, just the daily stuff. You know, how much this costs, where to go, what you're eating, what somebody did to somebody, what, you know, the gossip of the town, uh, talking about all the things like that. And we now just spread out. I mean, instead of sitting around just talking one on one, we plug into like whole bunches of gossip and things like that. But we're very um, taken with it. I mean, it's, it's something part of our humanness somehow to want to know what's going on with somebody else. You know what you made me think of? First of all, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. and But I thought of these guys who were like listening in on all our conversations, you know, the, the, the spies and the, you know, the cities governments and people mm-hmm. on Facebook and they're all listening. And people think that they're listening because it's like this military, you know, defense thing. But no, they're listening because they're looking for really good gossip. <laughs> 
gossip spies. Go- they are gossip <laughs> spies and gossip. And they takers. don't have to listen. They can just buy Us magazine or People magazine. No, or, no. no these are people <laughs> are incapable of, 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 of originating their own gossip. They just fundamentally came into this life, you know, without the gossip initiating gene. Well, I don't know if it's where we are in terms of our evolution or it's just part of who we are and one wants to forgive it. I'm so aware that there is the idea of forgiveness, you know, is such an important part of our growing and learning that we forgive ourselves for being who we are. I'm not, I'm not as conscious as I should be. I'm not as spiritual as I should be. I'm not a this or I'm not a that or I'm too much of it or whatever. Always judging ourselves by some standard rather than just saying, this is where I am. And I'm not going to stay here because I'm open to change and growing and becoming more. And that's why we don't want anyone to take away our freedom. Exactly. Exactly. That, that was Peter, Peter Paul, Yarrow. Peter Yarrow. Not, I not love Peter his sound. Paul or Mary, just Peter Yarrow. But you know, real quick, I just want to give you this experience because you probably haven't had this experience that this music is going to immediately take you to, and and then we're going to have to sign off. But you'll be so surprised by this. Ready? Here we okay. go. Okay. Okay. We're doing the boogie woogie. <laughs> Each of us, as we roll around through the day, boogieing and woogieing, and then and then we do sideways, come apart, come together, boogie woogie. <laughs> and each boogie woogie is is an offspring of several other boogies and woogies, boogie woogies. Except you know some of them come from a family that was woogie woogies, and <laughs> others come from the family that were boogie woogies. You really had a lot of silly food tonight, oh, Errol Strider. No, this is real. <laughs> So for those of you who are looking for either a boogie or a woogie, and especially if you want them combined, check this out. Boogie woogie. Nothing else. Our country has produced some wonderful music, <laughs> some wonderful modern music. Oh, thanks for reminding me. Earlier in our conversation, I had this insight that if, if you need anything to at least give you the, the, if not the actual conviction that there is all being totally interpenetrating us with love and continual life and sustaining our existence forever, i.e. God, look to music as a hint from the universe. There's something... There's nothing going on. It's just silence. And all of a sudden, this phenomenon take, comes up, and it completely takes you over. Mm-hmm. Or certainly, exactly. Yes. And that's <laughs> why we look to music, and especially pay attention to the fact that chords resolve. Little appreciated, this little dark horse of human creativity. Oh, I think it's time to, for what? To say goodbye? We, we are sponsored by Go Raw. That's important to remember. You can reach me at eStrider at gmail.com. Exactly. Or go to our website, thelaughingheart.org. Thelaughingheart.org. Okay, <laughs> and now we're going to say goodbye. But... What do we have to remember? Oh, what do we have to remember, Rochelle? Oh, we have to remember that resistance is what you add to pain to make it last longer and hurt more. Exactly. 